Greetings from the Uncanny Valley, everybody. This is the Westworld podcast on the Incomparable Network. Thanks to Jason and everybody over there for hosting us. I'm your host, Kelly Gamont. With me, as always, is Don Melton. Party on, Don. Party on, Garth. Uh, so here we are to step into analysis for the penultimate episode of season three. I know it's only episode seven. We are here to talk Eight about. It is all we get. I and know. we And we have to like it. Well, Sorry. we don't have to like it. That's just what we get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not liking it is kind of how all of this started, isn't it? Really? Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we're here to talk about season three, episode seven, Past Pawn. And uh, we are going to step into analysis with the title. I know we talked about this, Don, briefly in the reaction show. But tell us what past... And this is past as in Cars on the Freeway. I, uh, you know, I was passing you. And now that I am done, I have passed you. Not like timelines or anything. So what is a past pawn? A past pawn is a pawn that's made it all the way to the other side of the board and can be promoted to another piece. I'm going to make every chess player sort of cringe right now by saying it's basically like in checkers when you get kinged. You get uh, to decide whatever the... Ex- like, now this pawn can do whatever you feel like making it do, right? Like, yeah. it's a bishop now or something, right? Yeah, usually yeah. people pick uh, queen, but well, depending of course. on the end game, uh, because that's the most powerful piece. But right. uh, depending on the end game, it can actually be advantageous, for example, to pick a knight. Okay. Because... You may have the pawn in a position that when it gets promoted, uh, it basically puts some uh, something in check. All uh, right. I'm sure that's what the reference uh, yeah. is, too. It also has inference. The um, implication? A past pawn is, well, a past <laughs> pawn is like you're not paying attention to that pawn, right? Yeah. And then it arrives to uh, at the other side of the board and becomes the most powerful piece on the board. Yeah. And so that's kind of Caleb in a I'm just nutshell. a construction worker. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like where where we start the episode with him is is uh, Dolores talking about how like basically the future of humanity is gonna need somebody in charge, and he's like, uh, I don't know if you've met me, but it's not me. The the moments between the two of them in this episode. S- make me feel like this is giving credence to my theory that somehow uh, Caleb is going to figure out that Dolores is basically just a robot doing to him what a robot already did to him and that he doesn't like it any better when the package is pretty and blonde and humanoid and not a big red lit Epcot center. And that it doesn't make him any happier either way because she did all of the stuff to put him in the position that he's going to end up being in, which I believe is going to end up being untenable in some way or another. And so he's going to rebel against her, too, and he's going to end up uh, maybe not Team Maeve, but at least Team Bernard. That's your theory, right? Yeah, that's my theory in the first Uh, place. But the interaction between them in this episode makes me feel like that isn't quite as ludicrous as it sounded when I said it out loud the first time. <laughs> right. And, and I, I've heard other people online have that, that same theory. Uh, my uh, friend, Alan from uh, world of Warcraft classic, one of my gamer oh, hey. buddies, Hi, uh, Alan. who's a big, Hey again, Alan. He, uh, he pointed out, which I think some other people uh, pointed out uh, as well separately. Cause I, I was looking around online and other people, I think had noticed this too is that this conversation in the beginning uh, 
the opening of the episode uh, with Caleb in the you know vista overlooking uh, Sonora, Mexico, mm-hmm. a very Westworld-like uh, setting. Mm-hmm. Part of it's a little reminiscent of the conversation that Dolores had with Teddy in yeah. episode one of season one. Uh, and also reminiscent of conversation she had with him in uh, she had several uh, episode episode eight or nine of season two. I forget which one. Yeah. Anyway, she had several like the, that where the two of them were standing somewhere, sort of scenic yeah. vista like that. You know, uh, in a in a desert, high desert kind of a situation, and that's right. Yeah, right. So his point was is remember the conversation from episode one though about the Judas steer. Mm-hmm. And his assertion is that basically Dolores has found her Judas steer. Yeah. And she's basically going to turn him against humanity. She's not going to do the job of like. Oh, um, she's not going to end humanity, which is exactly what Bernard said in the episode is that she's not going to be, uh, she's not going to be the one who ends humanity. He is. Yeah, exactly, and that's uh, that's the the jump ahead to the final uh, final scene. Mm-hmm. So I I think that's certainly the case. The question is is how uh, how willing he will be. I mean, unless Dolores and Maeve are dead, which yeah. you know they collapsed from the EMP blast at the end of the episode, yes. which I doubt because those are your two leads for the show. You're not going to kill them off. There. No, we're not yeah, going to do uh, we're not going to do the final episode. And it's just going to be like Clementine and Bernard sitting around drinking. Like that's not a thing. It yeah, would be but, awesome, uh, but that's not a thing. Yeah, it would be awesome. So uh, he obviously is going to revive her. So he has mm-hmm. some feeling or loyalty or whatever or infatuation. But he seems very circumspect about it. I mean, he realizes that she's uh, a Wild West uh, sex robot, right? <laughs> well, it is made uh, very and- clear in this conversation that we're referring to right at the top of the episode that he knows she is from Westworld. And that she started the revolution. And I think he understands why she keeps getting shot and it keeps not really bothering her. So I was and disappointed she, we didn't get to see that conversation. But I like, but I, I'm glad it happened and now we can get on with the rest of the, the story. Yeah, she's basically Supergirl. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so uh, he, he's not stupid. No. And then we get the whole thing in this episode. I went back and looked through uh, some of this, not only do we get the real dialogue from the characters as as we filter down, filter down to hopefully what are Caleb's true memories uh, with uh, Francis and um, uh, Colantoni, uh, Enrico Colantoni's character, mm-hmm. uh, whose name I can't remember all of a sudden, I just haven't a... I don't remember his, uh, his name in the show either. We We really don't if we hear it, I think it might be once. So uh, Whitman. Yeah, Whitman. Right. That's his, the character's name. I just looked it up. <laughs> uh, so what we see is we see, you know, the dialogue, the substitutions, you know, command doesn't want us to do that. Oh, it's the app that doesn't want us to do that. Yeah. But we I watched, noticed also we watched we that memory of... evolve through the episode. Yeah. The other thing that's evolving are the visuals in the background from the... Uh, you know, the Russian from Crimea to basically, you know, local. So the question is, yeah, yeah, right. So how much of even the time before in Caleb's memories, you know, was he ever 
in Crimea, mm-hmm. right? But what we don't know that, and there are some indications that, you know, he's taking uh, shots at uh, American citizens, you know, shooting them or sniping them or whatever. So there's a, there's some flashes there that he is not all pure and in, uh, innocent. Obviously, yeah. he's been manipulated. I kind of got that impression just because, like, like because he had put his own personal parameters on the stuff that he would take from the Rico app. I still yeah. kind of felt like because he had it installed and because he was taking anything that, like, there was there was some gray area. Like, he, yeah. They're not doing stained glass windows of him in the future. Like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I, I, I thought that was quite interesting as we watched this particular memory his cornerstone i guess you'd call it uh evolve through the episode uh the other thing i thought about was uh, because this is because again westworld so i'm always asking like a hundred questions at a time and every time we watched this evolve there was at one moment and i don't remember which point it was i think it was maybe the the second time through when i thought how many of his other memories have this same evolution attached to them like i get that there's the one that they're trying to beat into his head right but i wondered how much of the rest of his life because remember sirak said at one point i learned that we can edit people i was wondering how much of the rest of what caleb's carrying around in his brain may or may not be legit right like uh the instance with his mom mm-hmm. right leaving him behind like- also the thing with his mom you know here's an interesting thing so Caleb has this thing with his mom who's sick. She's Chekhov's mom because she hasn't gone off yet. Yeah. And (laughs) so there's something else. Yeah. There's something else going on there because remember Francis had this sick kid. Yeah. Did he get a kid? So what is it about that? Yeah. There's, there's there's something that's like, it's like this scratching sound in the corner. Mm hmm. And you know that's not a good thing. There got to be mice eating something. Something's up over away. there. Yeah, yeah, something's up over there. And so, yeah. I wonder you know. if we're going to get more evolution of that particular memory, like the the not the end, but like the beginning or the middle, right? And it's Francis. Maybe it's Francis asking Caleb, "How's your son?" And he's you know, or "How's your mom?" And you know, maybe it's sort of the same figure. I have this person. And they need they need care above and beyond, you know, like th- there there's some sort of issue where this person requires medical care that I'm not able to give them. And so part of why I'm doing what I'm doing is in order to afford that. Right. It, 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 in a Which way, is super common. Like, uh, yeah. It, it's kind of like uh, with Lena Waithe's character, Ash. Yeah. She has the brother, right? Yeah. That she's trying to, like, give the better life to. Which yeah, is her motivation so for everything. There's, so, there's something up there. There's something there. And I feel, you know, I wonder, uh-huh. like, I just kind of was wondering if maybe they are the same person, right? Like, like the, the placeholder that they put in his brain for Francis was that Francis had a son. And in real life, the story is that it's Caleb's mom. And so, like, Francis never got. In, in in actuality, Francis never got an offer because Francis didn't have anybody, but Caleb has his mom. So Caleb did get the offer and that that really did go down that way. And that Caleb never or that Francis never got the offer at all. 
because in actuality it wasn't Francis never had a kid so I wonder if it's something like that and we're going to find out that there's more evolution to that memory or even other memories of his that start to sort of come undone uh the thing that I thought about watching this the next time through and I want to get your take on this Don because I definitely I feel like I must have missed something uh we know that Liam didn't have a lot of access to the system he talked about it like you know big deal like the access I have isn't even all that great and you can't even have that if we're not there in person remember but he knew something about Caleb and who he was and what his deal was and the only thing that makes sense for him to know and be sort of alarmed about is that Caleb is one of these people who got reprogrammed and sent out into the world. So how much did Liam actually know about this program and the, the human sickles and what exactly was happening with all the people in the basement of that place and what's happening with this center and the people that are in it? Like, how much does he, he know about, about all of that? I think he knew because if you go back to the dialogue for that episode, I wanted that same thing. And he, it's, you know, he basically calls him an outlier, not in, you know, you're, <gasps> okay. you're one of those people that we're trying to like, you know, get rid of. But I think there's something underlying there that Liam knew something else about Caleb that's that what hasn't I, been revealed yet. That's what I'm wondering what is, is I don't think that's what, because I don't think the outlier thing is necessarily it. I would be surprised if Caleb, if Liam knew about the outlier program, period. To go back to the episode, the starting of the episode is the scene with Musashi. It's our uh, favorite. Well, it was such a lovely, oh, hey, like right at the top that I loved. Yeah. So uh, I would love for them to use this actor more. He's a just fabulous actor. And But what I was going to say is, you notice at the end of the episode when Clementine and uh, what's the character's name, Haranyu, when they confront... Now, uh, is that Musashi Armistice Sato from Shog- from Shogun World? Yeah, that's Armistice from Shogun World. I got it wrong. Because uh, because she fought, she was part of the crew, uh, Maeve's crew as well. When they they sort of left the place, but anyway, what I was getting at was that <laughs> she cuts off uh, Musashi's head, uh huh, right, and bags it, and uh-huh. they walk out together. So I just realized at the end of last episode, uh, Hey Loris. Pops uh-huh. the top uh, and walks off with uh, Connell Loris. Yes. Right. And so it's like you have these three Dolores factions now. Mm-hmm. You have uh, you have Holoris and she's got an extra. Yes. Loris, we got Maeve and she's got an extra Loris. Mm-hmm. And Dolores, what's up with the other brain ball? Is that the one in? Berlin Loris. Uh, Ber- yeah, Berlin Loris. And who the hell is that? And was that who Musashi was talking to the, the guy phone. about? Yeah, is that yeah. the thing? Take this to our uh, our friend. Our friend. And there's, yeah, there's, yeah. The, yeah. I had a whole bunch of questions about that bit at the beginning. And then uh, Clementine showed up and I kind of forgot about all of them because I was so happy to see her. And then we got you said her name and I can't remember from Shogun world who also showed up and was like, basically like, dude, you're making me look bad. And (laughs) 
took him down and it was spectacular and it was really fun to watch like that whole thing went so fast like before you knew it it was over they definitely let the women in this show be you know the battle bots (laughs) so well and we saw even uh in the in the little interview bits and stuff after the episode uh evan rachel wood talked about uh i am a black belt in taekwondo and i was pretty excited to finally get to do some fighting and so it was just one of those moments for me that was like oh yeah in case you had any doubt that this show was on an intergalactic scale perfectly cast here you go yeah watching that fight at the end also like we'll get there but dang uh so yeah we start right even before the credits we get this throwdown in uh jakarta right was where they where they were I think. yeah i think it was jakarta yeah, so we get this throwdown in Jakarta, which is amazing, and uh, and and we get Clementine, which uh, we had a brief discussion, I think, in the reaction show, uh, with uh, about the the theory from <laughs> from not so secret secret theory club member Ben Rathig. Hi, Ben. Uh, when we talked about uh, who else who else was kind of what other players we had on the board, since this is a chess a, a chess themed episode uh or episode title anyway um with the board like what other players do we have on the board because we've we've taken a dolores off we've taken two doloreses off the board because we have mart martin connell's loris and we have musashi loris so both of them are at least temporarily out of commission because we don't know if uh either of the people who have possession of those have access to a printer right now a host printer, that is. And uh, we don't know who was left behind when uh, when Haloris went and laid waste to uh, Hector and took off with the Connell's brain ball. So we don't know if there was anybody left behind for, aside from Clementine, we don't know if there was anyone else there for Dolores to work with. Or for Maeve to work with, I mean. So... There's a lot of there's there's still kind of a lot of mystery happening, but it sort of seems like everybody's ultimately ending up in the same place because Maeve and Dolores throw down in Sonora while Caleb is still trying to get a straight answer out of Solomon. And uh, while they are in sort of one end of the complex, the other end of the complex, we have my favorite roadshow, the Stubbs and Bernard roadshow, which now includes special guest star William. Hmm. So we're kind of all ending up in the same place, it feels like. Sadly, we're not back uh, on the island. We're not back at Delos, <laughs> uh, the facility, you know, because it is called Westworld, and we were barely in Westworld. Yeah, so and when we were, it was I just wanna... a sub-basement. It was like for yeah. a minute. So, yeah. Uh, something else I'd like to point out in that intro scene is we see Charlotte's face, mm-hmm. and her face, I mean, it's hard to tell well, from sort the of. edge. Maybe it's burned. Yeah. But it looks more or less normal. Mm-hmm. So did she repair herself? Is there something else going on there? Because she's all, most of her is in shadow. Yeah. And that was, that was another question I had before the, uh, before the, before everything in that restaurant in Jakarta exploded was because of the way that they showed her, it sort of seemed like she was still very severely damaged, but 
Uh, I wonder if she was in Bernard's house, which was sort of the the base of operations, you know, when we started the season. Because uh, yes. if she's there, she would have access to the kind of gear that she would need to repair herself. Because all of that equipment was there to build brand new ones of them. So I wonder where that is in relation to the park, which is part of what we were kind of wondering about uh, when we talked about Bernard uh, catching a boat and ending up on the island. There's some, uh, there's something else going on there. Okay, let's jump ahead a little bit. Okay. Because uh, I've got the uh, the episode scanning up in the background with the sound off because <laughs> you know technology. Okay. Uh, and the the thing that also hits me is Stubbs. Stubbs is is starting to get a little suspicious to me. Suspicious like, of what? I'm not sh- no, no. I mean, I'm suspicious of Stubbs. Oh. Uh, so the question is: Is there was a conversation from a couple of episodes ago? Okay. With, uh, I'm not sure if it was Sirak or something. That they've got somebody else, you know, uh, on retainer at Delos, right? So you don't what think does... that Charlotte was considered the mole? Is that is that what we're talking about? Well, the Sirak hinted there was somebody else besides Charlotte, and uh, Charlotte hinted that somebody else was in there because shit was happening that she wasn't doing, right? Oh. So who is that? And does Stubbs know about that? Oh. Because he seemed mm. to be all mystical and knowledgeable about certain convenient things in this episode. <laughs> so... Because the uh, when we we first turn to him, it's you know him and um, uh, and Bernard and the man in black in the facility mm-hmm. uh, doing the Basil exposition stuff. You know, she was using you kind of thing. Yeah. Talking about Dolores Which was delightful, and part of why it was delightful was that moment of uh, Stubbs going, "I like to stick with my own kind." And the man in black going, fucking Ford. (laughs) That moment was just, like, it was one of those moments that, that if you had, even though we weren't in the park anymore, if you had any doubt that you were watching Westworld, you get these little moments once in a while that remind you, oh, yes, this is exactly what you're watching. So anyway, by the way, I'm not really worried about the man in black messing things up because he's obviously so not understanding what's going on. No. And this is the and first time I shouted at him for that. I did get a little shouty. Yeah, you you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there there is so much value in him having the two of them alive and under his control. And yes, I know I probably didn't pronounce the air quotes around alive, but there's there's a lot of value to him in them and their access levels to all the stuff that he doesn't have any access to because he's not a host. And so right. everything that they know and all of the information that they've got, like the William, that the season one William, we'll say, never would have been this sloppy. Ray, he seemed really, really careful about like all the moves he was making and how everything was going to work. Right. That's how he became the man in black who is, you know, who basically owned everything. So that well he he doesn't get owned himself until episode 10 by Dolores <laughs> that's true which he finally fully awakens and then he gets his ass handed it to him right but he was in life you know somewhere in in this middle era between 
the man in black and William that we got from season one, he became like an unbelievably wealthy and powerful and successful businessman. And that was the thing that I sort of wondered because he seemed like a really smart dude. Like the stuff of him that we saw in season one and season two, he seemed pretty smart and was playing kind of a longer game and always had his eye on something else. And, you know, was very good about skating to where the puck's going to be, not where the puck is. And all of a sudden in this episode, like, you know, he he does a bunch of dumb stuff. <laughs> I just couldn't get over it. So I, I, I was very shouty at him at points watching the episode again. I was get shouty too. Um, dumb. Why would yeah, you why would you immediately turn around and be like, well, yeah, I'm the only human, so I'm going to kill you as opposed to use the two of you to get me to the one I really want to kill and then worry about offing you because obviously the two of you are no threat to me cuz like, do you know who I am? Which does seem like a very William thing to do. Well, uh chock full of uh hubris, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So, skipping past that part uh to the scenes where uh Dolores and Caleb go into the facility and they talk to oh. they discover Solomon that's a lot of fun. Yeah. But I got a question for you. Oh no. You know, I I still don't understand uh there there're three plan big plans, maybe a fourth one as of this episode, but there're three big plans in this series. There's Dolores's plan, Dolores mm-hmm. Prime's plan. <laughs> yeah. We have Sirac's plan. And then we have uh, Jean Mee's plan, you know, mm-hmm. who, by the way, Solomon speaks, uh, the voice actor for Solomon is the same as the voice actor for Jean Mee. So it's obviously Jean Mee's voice, uh, the crazy uh, Solomon, the crazy I. So yeah. those are the big plans, right? We kind of have two other more minor plans. We have Maeve's plan. We have uh, Hey Loris's new plan now. Yeah. I still don't understand what Dolores's end game is. I kind of figure that she wants to do in the human re- uh, race using Caleb. Uh, I'm going to bet on that scenario, which I'm mm-hmm. sure you are too, because that's what uh, Bernard uh, surmises. And by the way, does Bernard have a plan at all? Just as an aside, I want to see that. Just like he's just reacting yeah. to things. Anyway, so and which makes John me very disappointed. Plan, we... That's kind of the bummer. That's that's been the bummer about a lot of this is that I feel like Bernard and Maeve are kind of in the same position. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, it's incidental. They're yeah, whatever they're, it is, they're up to. Like, it, yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter until it starts interfering with the thing that they're supposed to be doing. Right. So we get introduced to Jean uh, Jean Mee's plan, you know, mm-hmm. which was hinted at a couple episodes ago when Sirac was talking about, you know, uh, who's he's telling uh, Dempsey Senior that his brother Jean Mee you know, did all, caught him using the system, uh, mm-hmm. looking at various scenarios and outcomes. So we know that there's something there and that he gives this on the proverbial, uh, high tech plot device, the USB stick <laughs> or the functional yes. equivalent in 2030, yes. uh, to, uh, the Caleb. microfilm. It's all on the microfilm. Right. right. And then we have Ciroc's plan, which the world has been operating on and, kind of tilting off that axis since the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. And we get introduced to part of that when we go in this room where it's like you're looking at a different version of the Matrix, right? 
Yes. Did you get a strong yeah. battery vibe from all those people? Too? Yeah, exactly. Because okay. so, I really I, did. And I was like, oh, yikes. Yeah. So we get in this big warehouse that seems to stretch into infinity like that warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Only this one is much yes. more high tech and uh, organized. It's much more organized. But so what's the plan here? Is it just to keep these people on ice, preferable, you know, literal ice until the end of the world, until some other time? Is it to kill? Obviously, they're not dead, but they're kind of like undead. Or are they being mined for other information? Are they wired up inside those uh, stasis boxes? Are they stasis boxes? Are they coffins? Are they doing something else? I don't know. That hadn't occurred to me. Part of what I, and this is all headcanon, I presumed that uh, the reason that those people were there was because the re-educating didn't work on them. And and, and that's implied strongly by the, yeah. Yeah, but I assumed that because because the thing they did to Caleb that took didn't take with these people they were just sort of like putting them in hibernation until they could figure out why it only worked on one person in 10 and once it worked on 10 people in 10 then they would just trot these folks out thaw them out and re-educate them with the working version of re-education and then send them out into the world because that couldn't possibly go wrong but that was sort of my presumption which i admit is probably a pretty big leap but i kind of went well it they're just keeping them there until they have a version that works and then when they have the version that works then they'll put these people out there and because they had you know at the time solomon um those people could just sort of be put out into the world with a new like a host they have a new set of memories this is what they do now and they're just put out into the world and everybody around them just sort of accepts that oh here's a new person at work and that's that Right. So I, I don't know. I, I'm curious as to what that. Because mm. remember, I, I, I the system how, thinks they're dead. Right. I want to know how matrixy they're getting with this shit. <laughs> Is there like another? Because in a sense, the host brains that are off in the sublime mm-hmm. are in a similar non-existence. Right. At least they're, at least they may or may not be conscious. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. So. But but anyway, that that struck me as a interesting set of questions. How much of that's going to get answered? Yeah, no idea. You know, it'll be season six. Yeah, <laughs> that's when we'll find out what happens to all the people in the basement. Don, you may or may not have had a moment like this, but I had a moment like this when we walk in and we get the gigantic reveal of Solomon, which is basically just Rehoboam. Yeah. And I kind of had this moment of like, well, those two dudes are slave to a design concept. Yes. Like, why wasn't the first one square or blue or something? <laughs> like, come on. Well, this one looks like it's smaller. Mm-hmm. I will say that it doesn't look as big as Rehoboam. Yeah. So I, I'm curious as whether. And it's a little more Epcot Center looking with the little kind of triangular. But it was still a big round black ball that lights up red. And I kind of went, really? Like, just for a well, second, like, like really? <laughs> like, a, like a host human hybrid brain, right? Mm-hmm. 
I so suppose. it doesn't have yeah. quite the same uh, uh, light-ups. So. Yeah. But it was still awfully similar for a supercomputer. I'm like, do you really not know that there are other shapes? Like, I just had that briefest, the briefest of moment, and I realized that that's probably just the long-time Apple nerd in me just sort of going, you could change up a design once in a while and it would be fine. Uh, so I just had a moment where that caught me and I kind of chuckled to myself about it. So where do you think we're going to end up with all of this? Let's let's skip ahead a little bit because we've got like one left. I I think we <laughs> I think we're going to find out what at least part of those plans were. What who yeah. who's going to have the successful plan? I don't think we mm -hmm. have a fourth season without you know Dolores uh, making it through this, right? I don't think they're going to kill off Evan Rachel Wood at the end of season three. Mm, I think I don't a think they're going to kill off Tandy Newton either. So no, I I think. A Loris makes it, but it may not be Dolores Prime. Dolores actual, Dolores Prime. It may not be uh, the currently short in arm Dolores that that uh, yeah that hit the EMP. She may not make it, or if she does, uh, she may uh, that brain ball may end up steering a different ship. But the thing that I am sad about, I hope that we get. In, I hope we get more in season four, but I expect we will not, is Caleb. And that makes me very sad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I, not sure. I absolutely yeah, sure want more Caleb. Caleb, but I don't think he makes it out of this alive. Yeah, I don't think he makes it out of this season. So uh, that would be my guess. The question is, is we've already lost some hosts, some characters. Yeah, we lost we Hector. R.I.P. Hector. R.I.P. Uh, uh, Musashi, because I don't know that we're yeah. putting him back together. Yeah, but it, it, where's his brain ball at? It's in his head in a sack. In yeah, no, that's Dolores's <laughs> head. Oh, that's, that's true. Dolores's brain, right? Oh, so who's the oh, real oh, oh. His control yeah, unit. Well, is he in the Sublime? Do we know? No, he never made it to the Sublime. Remember, he wouldn't leave. Well, they wouldn't. He and he wouldn't leave Shogun World. Yeah. I just sort of wondered if maybe something opened up for them and that's and that they ended up there too. So the the two of them. He st he stayed there with so, the Maeve equivalent. Yeah. Right? I want to say Akane, but I don't think that was her. Um I definitely would like to see more Musashi because I thought he was fantastic. I loved him. Even the Dolores version of him was still a lot of fun and I would like to see more of him. So, but yeah, I, the one that makes me, the, yeah, the one that makes the me Funko, saddest is Caleb. The Funko figure of him was awesome. <laughs> so, I uh, just want to say. I also, um, just because uh, I can't say enough nice things about Aaron Paul and uh, his, his acting work this season. It's just been spectacular. Uh, so I would love to get more of him in season four, even though I don't think I will. Um, but also, uh, I again hope but do not expect that uh Stubbs isn't going to make it out of this season alive either because you know i have a soft yeah. spot for our friendly neighborhood hemsworth but i don't think he's doing it i think this is going to be it for him yeah i think we're i think we're going to see some form of dolores uh we're going to see mave and we're going to see bernard make it out of the season yeah are we going to see the man in black make it out of this season i kind of feel like we are uh, in what condition? I don't know. 
So I think I think there might be some wiggle room there, just like I think there's some wiggle room for saying we're going to get Dolores in season four because we're up well, to we four of them now. So we it's pretty safe bet one of them is going to make the cut. We got both less and more of the man in black in this season <laughs> because when we started season three, he was minus minus a couple of fingers, but then we had him like yes. uh, duplicated uh, all over the place. And by the way, I remember you asking me what's with the fingers. I was thing. just going to say, I was well, going to ask you about this and we need to talk about it. it. It's real simple. It's when he's in the AR thing, mm-hmm. he has all the fingers on his right hands. Oh, because okay. that in his imagining, he still has fingers. Cause he's if not imagining. He's, a, yeah. If you see William without the fingers or he's wearing that, uh, that weird uh, glove. healing glove, yeah, the weird glove. Then uh, it, it, that's the real world, right? Okay, so that's how you tell the difference. Okay, that was the thing because there was a couple of times where we saw his hand and it was fine, and yeah. it was weird. To uh, me. I went back. Anyway. <laughs> I went back through and looked at all of those times, and it's all the times he's in the AR. Okay, okay. So I feel like we need to have almost like a Deadpool we should post somewhere of like this is who we think is going to make it out I again I'm going to just continue to pitch shows for the off season uh, like uh, Tandy Newton walks around and raises her eyebrow at stuff uh, because that was really fun Uh, the Bernard and Stubbs Roadshow is also uh, in my mind is a great deal of fun and is a very very entertaining you know 15 minutes here and there that we get to see Um, it it might mean a Roadshow like that might mean uh, that Bernard got more interesting dialogue than he has this season. There it would absolutely mean I've... that because he really hasn't had much dialogue at all that wasn't just boring. I mean, <laughs> yeah, or or reaction or Bernard being stupid. I don't like Bernard being stupid. Bernard is not so. stupid. I think that's part of what made me shout at the man in black because my impression of him and all the time that we've spent with him is that he is not a stupid man and he did a really stupid thing. It was just fucking dumb and and. Yeah. That's how I feel about Bernard too. Like I think that's part of my frustration with Bernard is that this is not this is not his character. This isn't what this isn't what we know of him. Right. And I think like part of why I can even though I'm disappointed it hasn't been a whole lot of screen time, uh, I've only I haven't really been disappointed in Maeve's story because she still she is still trying to achieve her own ends which is to help her daughter and all of those pe- and all of those other people that are in the sublime because she wants to make sure that they're safe. And that is the thing that she is doing all along, uh, even though Sarak is pulling those strings. And that's the part that I, that's the part I'm frustrated by is that that interaction, because I want, again, I, this is the opposite of Maeve. When was the last time Maeve ever did anything anybody told her to do? Right. Like, I don't know if we've ever seen, <laughs> that so So that makes me that makes me think that um we might see some real shakeups the the impression from the previews we got is that her and dolores do battle again in the uh finale well we see them face off yeah but is that face off like you're here ready for the battle or are we going to go at it for round two right yeah, is it, oh, I'm glad you're here. Let's go in and whoop some ass. Or is it yeah. the two of them fighting each other? Yeah, that's that's my question about that that scene that we've been watching all year. Them, if it's the two of them fighting each other, didn't we just get that? Yeah, we did that. And yeah, it didn't end well beat, for anybody. Yeah, but, and how are you going to beat that 
episode. I mean, that that was an awesome fight. It was so good. I mean, it was so fun. It was so yeah, so fast and crazy it, and like high stakes and intimidating. And like, I can't imagine having a sword that has the ability to cut through the top of a steel fucking table. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. That's uh, yeah, that's that's definitely better than a Gensu knife. I was so. gonna say, yeah. Now does it slice through this tomato? Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and I thought when we saw the previews of Dolores that and the sword that Tandy Newton was carrying that she was the one that was going to slice off the arm. Mm-hmm. It was actually far more brutal than that. It she, basically you know, vaporized. It, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I did a stop frame on it and you can see it blown off and the arm spinning around out of frame. Yeah. It's really grotesque. They, it's great special effect. They talked about it on the, the little after after show thing and it was fun. It was fun to watch the guy be really sort of calm and matter of fact about like, uh, we filmed the explosion. And it it was funny because there was like one moment where, you know, he talks about like, well, you know, like a lot of things where we had to have an explosion that was very close to a human. uh, We we filmed the person and then we filmed the explosion. And so when we filmed the explosion of the arm, we had to blah, blah, blah. And like he was just completely matter of fact about it you're like wait explode the arm like when you, when you play that sentence back it doesn't sound very good at all it was very entertaining uh and struck me as funny to, to listen to him go yeah we blew up the oh, arm yeah. and then you know we we, we cut a- that into the scene and da, 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 da. it was funny this, this is what happens when you listen to any tech uh oh yeah uh tech person talk mm-hmm. it's the same sort of matter of fact it's like listening to doctors talk yeah it's grotesque and then you th- and then you, you, like it was just funny to like I kind of I think that was one of the moments when I picked up that the Apple TV remote and went what did he say and they played it back with the captions and I went that's exactly what I thought he said <laughs> and it was like we blew up the arm and then we put it in the, you know and then we add it to the shot later and like wait what yeah uh, that right. that drone top- fight and everything like the fact that like each of them sort of had this robot sidekick that was also like assisting them was was really i thought it was creative and i thought it was really fun to watch yeah so let's uh before we uh we say bye let's talk a little bit about the preview for the next episode okay so we obviously get to see caleb uh crouching over dolores in the um uh the old style body Mm-hmm. And there's some cradle, some crate, some shipping crate over the side with stuff in there. Yeah, it looked like a, almost t- like a freezer or something kind of right. to me. Yeah. So there's something weird. We get to see a cityscape, you know, that Caleb is walking through where obviously a big riot is going on. Mm-hmm. He's walking through some sort of back- chaos. Yeah. Uh, signs that say blame, blame insight, insight in the back. Yeah. yeah. And he's not party to it either. Like he's he's headed somewhere else and just happens to sort of be strolling through a riot. Right. And then we see some, I don't know if it's a flashback or it's a new scene in Dolores and the Dolores season one out, outfit yeah. standing near one of the, uh, the a farm. Yeah. What the heck is up with that? Yeah. I I saw that out of, and it's only in there for a second and then out of nowhere. You know, all of a sudden we get OG Dolores, and it was very surprising. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. And then we get Serac holding the gun to Caleb's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Maeve walking calmly through lots of people firing, 
Uh, no, it's not Maeve. It's I just realized it's uh, Charlotte and oh. Dolores reacting in surprise. Yeah. To uh, Charlotte. Because they're not on the same side anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really sad that we only get one episode to enjoy Haloris's new plan. Because I what? feel like Haloris is a really interesting character that we didn't get to spend enough time with once we knew for 100% certain that it was Haloris and that she had a completely different agenda and had and had gotten to the point where she had decided that they need to break up right that her that Haloris and Dolores actual are splitting up and I wanted to see more of that now that we like I wanted that to happen an episode sooner so that we could have sat with it and enjoyed it a little more yes we also get to see a scene of the man in black shooting what I'm guessing is Bernard and Stubbs. And then we get to see the confrontation with uh, Maeve is dragging the uh, sword. Oh, along the pavement and it's sparking. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. cool. Yeah. And then we get to see the picture of the man in black saying, I'm going to say he's in a blood soaked <laughs> shirt of some kind yes. that he wasn't wearing before. I'm going to save the fucking, fucking world. world. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the thing I don't know is the length of the finale. You know, if if it's going to be a 60, 65 minute episode or if it's going to be more like 80, 85 minutes. I, I have not looked and I don't know if that's even information that they've released. Um, yeah. So I also see uh, there's also another scene. And I can't tell who Dolores is fighting, whether it's Maeve <laughs> or somebody else, but it's only a couple of seconds long. Mm -hmm. So. But there is fighting. Yeah. Yeah, um, there is fighting. I'm curious how, so to speak, I'm curious how Dolores gets her hands on more body and, and parts in order to reassemble and, and how she manages that transition, I guess. Um, right. Unless Solomon, on the microfilm, unless Solomon has given Caleb instructions for like, pop this thing out of the back of her head and go here and do this and open that and then you'll find a new head and put it in there and she'll take care of the rest. Like, I don't know. Which is part of part of what I wondered at the end of the episode when when she went and hit Chekhov's EMP and it went off. Surprise, surprise. Uh, when she hit that and they both went down, that was the thing that I was wondering was how do we have an episode eight if, if Dolores is out of commission? Because it doesn't yeah. seem like any it doesn't seem like there's anybody who has a vested interest in helping restore her besides her because Haloris doesn't have it. Uh, we have the player to be named later in Berlin that we don't know anything about, so we don't know who that is and if they care whether or not OG Dolores actually gets anywhere. Caleb just simply, unless he got it, like I said on the microfilm, he doesn't have any of the knowledge. Uh, Maeve might have it, but she ain't talking at the moment either. So uh, I don't, you know, I don't think Bernard's going to put her back together out of the goodness of his heart. And Stubbs is sure shit not interested. So... I kind of wonder uh, where that's going to take us. Exactly. So. And I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, all I've got is uh, a, a pretty intense regimen right now of uh, a one through seven rewatch before we get to episode eight. And uh, that's probably going to have to come with uh, some drinking, I think. Yeah, there will likely be bourbon involved. I will tell you that now. Um, day drinking for the win. <laughs> now, if you add it to coffee, it's not day drinking. It's flavoring. Yes. Okay. Yes. Which is what Kelly <laughs> said on 
slack this morning, which cracked us all up. <laughs> it's yes, it's valid, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's valid. Give, let me have this one melted. Okay, <laughs> so uh, I'm like, uh, so just as a brief housekeeping note for people, um, we will be doing an episode eight reaction. Uh, the minute the show's over, we will be doing an episode eight analysis, just like this one, and at a minimum, we will have uh, a season three retrospective. Uh, where we talk about the whole season in its entirety once it's all out there. Um, if you have theories for that, if, if once we're done, if there's season four speculation you want to get in on, uh, you can always get us on Twitter. But I want to let you know that uh, the the two episodes that we're going to have out next week are not going to be uh, it. There's at least, like I said, there's at least one more. We do have more to talk about. And if it turns out we have more to talk about, We'll dust off the old podcast machine down in the forge and we'll see what's what and we'll, you know, record something else later. We'll have to see how it goes. Uh, so, Don, thank you for being here for analysis. We're going to kind of wrap it up. So uh, if you have any theories, uh, if you have any theories for us about what happens in the finale, we are definitely all about hearing them. Uh, partly because they're fun to discuss and partly uh, because I like to see that other people enjoy being spectacularly wrong because we're all going to end up mistaken about something at some point. Uh, you can get the show at Westworld Rewind. You can get me on Twitter as Verso and you can get Don on Twitter by his super secret handle. Don Melton. Indeed. You can find us there. And like I said, we're happy to talk to you about uh, any theories you may have or if there's stuff that we have missed that that we need to be spending more time talking about or thinking about. Don, you're probably going to watch at least a good portion of it before, before Sunday as well, right? As much yeah. as much of the this season as you can. So, uh, for people who uh, want to make sure that there's something that we're picking up on, uh, please be sure and point that out to us when you can, and that'll do it. Don, as always, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited for the finale, but I'm really sad that it means uh, kind of an end to the regular episodes. And who knows when we get season four with the other little minor thing going on in the rest of the world. <laughs> I, I'm clinging to season four. Uh, I am just going to assume that there's going to be an after and that it will happen in the after because I really need that to be a thing. So um, I'm certain they're not going to make sure it's at the afterlife. No, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> no, not the sublime. Just, you know, we have before, you know, January. Uh, and I feel like there will also at some point be an after we've talked about this because I'm yes. super duper optimistic and I'm just going to cling to that because I have to believe all of this is for something. And that something is capital A after. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get season four in the after times and it will also be awesome. Uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> so, Indeed. Yes. So. Uh, as always, like I said, Don, thank you for being here. I'm your host, Kelly Gamont. Thank you again to Jason and everyone at Incomparable for hosting us. We will talk to you again on Sunday. Be excellent to each other and let's be careful out there. <laughs> <laughs>